Uriel's the funniest. Lucifer's the prettiest. The way that he said it, I was just like, does he have a crush on Lucifer? Or like, I say Cass is the biggest simp. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Saving People Queering Things, the supernatural podcast where we talk about how Dean desperately needs a hug more than usual. Today we are pulling up to season four with episode 16, On the Head of a Pin. My name is Abigail, I'm one of your hosts, and my pronouns are they, them. I'm Noah, my pronouns are he, him. I'm Elena, my pronouns are she, they, and we are joined by a guest this week. Please introduce yourself, friend. You've been here before. Hi, everyone. Yes, I'm Allie. I have been here once before. Uh, pronouns are she, her, and I'm just so thrilled to be here for this episode. We're so glad oh, you're yeah. back. Glad yeah, to have you. Welcome back. It's been like a full season since you were last on the show. Literally, so. yeah. Almost, ex- has it been exactly a full season? Mm-hmm. No, no. I'm going to go double check, well, but I'm pretty sure season, it probably was close to it. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah, episode 16. It was only earlier had, in the season. Yeah. yeah. And I, I do that. remember that w- that when we finished recording that episode, we were like, you know, let us know what episode you want to be on for season four. And <laughs> you, you had were this like, one claimed. This one. <laughs> I just like, and I'm so lucky. Got it. Yeah. You claimed it early. Episode. It was a Bella episode. Yeah. I think you were on Red Sky at Morning. And that's when you were on last. Ooh. Oh, wow. Speaking so of long. which, speaking of like, claiming episodes in advance elena you have been waiting for this episode listen as long as you've been involved in the show this is what yes. you told me you loved like back when we first met yeah i i remember i just shared this story before we started recording with abigail again because the time that i was on the very first two episodes i remember like at the end of them being like oh man like i don't know if i'll ever get to do this show again but i hope if i do that it'll be for on the head of a pin in season four <laughs> and then surprise and then the universe said hold my beer just roped you in i'm so proud yeah <laughs> you were like oh, could be on every episode i have never been then. so thrilled to get trapped into something in my life it has <laughs> just been a wonderful journey it's the opposite of a mystery spot yeah it's like i would love to be stuck in this loop for as long as possible <laughs> which is great because it's going to take us like eight years to finish this yeah <laughs> it'll be Probably. great but it won't take us eight years to do is recap this season and this episode so let's do that segue love that for you okay now what you're up awesome (laughs) what is important going into this episode it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot it's gonna be a full 30 seconds (laughs) (laughs) it really is tell us what we've missed on the road so far okay okay i'm ready give me a little countdown let's do it okay three two one, go. Okie dokie. Dean is brought back from hell. He has gone on a huge journey about trying to figure out why the angels may have brought him back, what it has to do with Sam, why this hot angel keeps coming to him. And he hasn't gotten any closer to the answers, really. What he has learned is that Sam is getting darker and darker, fucking a demon. Cool. Um, They've been doing case after case, but getting more and more hints from the angels that they're breaking more seals and they need to do better to stop Lilith in the apocalypse. And yet they are still, they're still here fucking up more in hot angel <laughs> noah one of your best recaps so it far was a really good recap <laughs> thank you noah, thank you why, why do you insist on being my favorite person <laughs> just it's, it's, rude a, it's to a condition it's... i just have to how did you keep a straight face saying that like <laughs> years well of practice, practice. <laughs> 
<laughs> so fun. Okay. So how about this episode recap? <laughs> yeah, Ali, tell us when you're ready. Okay, I think I'm good, but I'm probably going to ruin it. So go ahead. Oh, no, you're, you're going to be, be you're going to be amazing. I would say believe in yourself like Sam does in this episode, but that's probably oh. not a good idea because that's a that seems, little problematic. It's not. You know, the, the general the general like believe in yourself. Anyway, I'm going to let you I'm going to count you in. <laughs> 3, 2, 1, go. Okay, so Cass and Uriel are still behind Dean's ass because they want him to do things that he doesn't want to do. This time they are asking him to go and torture a demon, which Dean obviously does not want to do because, well, triggered. And then Sam becomes like even more scared of himself because he wants demon blood and he doesn't want to drink it, but he drinks it in the end. So that's what happens. Nice, nice. Uh, I wanted to be short and I ended up having like eight seconds, but that's usually yeah, how it works. Succinct. succinct. Got everything you needed to get. It's exactly what we're looking for. I'm excited. So now it is time for us to pick some music to accompany us on our journey because we are collecting songs for a season four mixtape. I am so curious about the picks this week because... As Afer mentioned, I freaking love this episode. A very good episode. Very solid episode. So you got to have a, a good track. It's a very heavy one. I went with Find Someone by Arizona. Specifically, there's this one line. <laughs> Clipping wings off of angels has always been my religion. Oh, I just, oh I mean, the song goes real hard and the rest of it is all about <laughs> finding someone to fill a void but that line in particular, oh, i think i need to oh, lie down after that i just i'm so glad i have this rope on because it's hugging me because i need a <laughs> hug <laughs> sorry i'm sorry but um, that's really good damn Noah. um and i thought my mixtape suggestion was good uh, going along with the songs inspired by angels theme uh, my song is holy branches by radical face this song has always reminded me of Cass like a lot there's this line that goes the earth don't give a damn if you're lost mm. and and this whole song is about yeah everybody's bones are just holy branches you know there's a hole in your chest from the time that you were born it, it's a gorgeous song i really highly recommend it and i cast feelings i have a lot of feelings about season four cast right now and this song is the first song on my cast playlist for this reason good choice. it's a really good one that's excellent strong i picked sorrow by pink floyd and you guys know i'm a very dean person so this is a very dean song it says a man lies and dreams of green fields and rivers but awakes to a morning with no reason for waking he's haunted by the memory of a lost paradise in his youth or a dream he can't be precise he's chained forever to a world that's departed and i'm not gonna continue. damn so we're just like going hard today yeah uh, we're yeah. not we haven't even, we're not even talked about the episode, the episode doesn't pull any punches so neither should we honestly yeah mm. well and i just noticed yours in the list and um okay sure yeah that's fine so so to to that end mine is exile by taylor swift featuring bon ivor mm-hmm. uh the the initial reason that this song popped into my head was because of the line i think i've seen this film before and i didn't like the ending that just to me like that line the energy of it and what it's suggesting is very much dean like he's he doesn't like where this is gonna go but he can't really help it but if you look through the the rest of the song there are so many lyrics i think that could apply to just the intense emotions going on like second third and hundredth chances balancing on breaking branches like oh it's just the energy's there and i'm in a taylor swift mood as most of us are at the time that this episode's coming out so at the time i have been listening listening to taylor swift like crazy like i'm just getting into 
like her music like really because I already oh, knew welcome her. welcome so to- now that I mean I know this song and I've been playing it like now you ruined it for me <laughs> oh great oh get, re- get, get ready for Taylor Swift natural yeah Swifty natural is my Any, favorite part every of the song fandom. will hurt 50 times worse <laughs> once you connected to see we should send you uh our, our our dear friend beth has an excellent playlist and it's called destiel taylor's version and My it God. is it is a god tier <laughs> playlist shout out to beth from driver picks the pod i will <laughs> i will i want to i want that link i will <laughs> we'll ask we'll ask beth for it we'll get back to you but now that we've got our mixtape playing it's time for the hunt of the week today's episode is on the head of a pin through the theme of cowardice where do you guys want to start it's a lot a lot i before we even get into like talking about the episode i want to know what noah thinks yeah finished watching this right before we started recording and you know there's some reveals we've been waiting for this reveal about sam for the entire season and trying the amount of times i've talked about it and then had to cut it out like mm-hmm. bite my tongue we have almost spoiled this like 86 times and so i need to know first of all nasty. Lay it on us, Noah. cool not loving that <laughs> He said, no, not okay, sir. (laughs) What part of you thinks that's okay and is fine? Like, okay, it's been weeks since the last time. Sure, that's a good sign. But first of all, it's a biohazard. Second of all. (laughs) (laughs) We talked about how demon fucking gives you more powers, but I guess this is just a more direct way of, he said, let's skip the sex part, get straight to the powers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you wouldn't know what to say to that we're we're professional <laughs> podcasters everyone and i love us the biggest reveal this episode was easily uriel is the funniest angel in the garrison ask anyone <laughs> he says it so seriously don't call oh, it's the, it's the ask anyone for ask me. anyone like okay who am like, i gonna ask, ask? Like, we are at peak castiel humor in this episode we are honestly and gaiety mm-hmm. yes it's like and it's like really one of the only moments of humor that we do get yeah <laughs> everything else is just depression on toast i mean angels getting killed left and right it's heavy stakes this episode i can't remember is no is this the first time that we've seen angel wings when an angel's been killed this is the first time we've seen a dead angel and seeing I like the it's wing. Not. I think we've seen that before. Have we seen that before? I think we saw it. I don't. It's it happened before. When when Anna died, her because her body uh, got killed, right? Thank you. And so yes, that Anna is. Died, thank you. There it saw is. Saw the wings, and then right now she's okay, got so the that same. Wasn't, body. That wasn't new. But it was really cool to see it three it's times. My favorite, one of my favorite effects they do. On yeah, the show like huge visually. wings. It's a cool shot. That technically they don't have wings, but they put them like when they die. It's so crazy, but I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool, very cool. It's a cool thing where like the their true form shows up, but yeah. only. Yeah, it's pretty up there for me with like also the fact that that like little whoosh sound that it makes whenever an angel mm-hmm. teleports yeah. like off screen. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the nicest like practical I effects that, that Supernatural does. A very good touch. I hate it when they 
took it out. And that's just all I'm going to say because I, I spoke too much. But like we stopped hearing it that yeah. often later. And I just missed it. I miss it so much. Like, where's the flopping? <laughs> it's also just such a nice cue as a viewer of like, this is an angel. They have a player appeared. It's such a, also a great way of showing us before a character sees mm-hmm. so we can be aware. Uh, I just have to say that when they do that and specifically when Cass shows up for Dean, I just can't imagine what Dean thinks. Like, he's probably not looking because Cass always appears, like, behind him or wherever. Dean doesn't see him immediately, so he hears it. And I can just imagine what Dean thinks. It's like, he's here or something, like, so personal to him. Like, the sound becomes, like, so familiar and so... Yeah, that's true. Like, the supernatural equivalent of the TARDIS sound. (laughs) Really is, actually. Honestly. Um, I did actually have another question for Noah. Yes. I I wanted to know how you felt about seeing Anna back. Okay, loved seeing Anna back. I'm glad she's not, I mean, gone. And it was cool having the same actor. It's it's odd because like angels can appear as different people, so it's it's odd. You shouldn't really get attached to characters' looks, really, because this is Alistair's fourth and fifth looks. You know, like, yeah, Alistair's yeah. been like three episodes, and he's had a different vessel every single time. Yeah, yeah. this one he gets two separate ones, and it's like uh, chill, <laughs> chill, bro. But the the one <laughs> that burning in the them. later half of the episode is, I think, okay, like uh, the best. He's the most actor. terrifying. Alice, oh Alistair. yeah, he killed. It. You know why? It's because he was in Psych. <laughs> <laughs> why is he always in Psych? psych? Natural. Yep. He was in Psych. He was in Peacemaker, uh, Star Trek Discovery. He's he's yeah, he's, oh, that's what? true. Mm-hmm. He's pretty baller. He was in fucking Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> he's 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 got skills. Oh, I have to go back and rewatch. Christopher Hairdall. You're like the the king of knowing the side actors. I try. I try. I'm sorry. You oh no, you don't try. You just always do. You always know who they are it's and great. Point to like it's three great. other things they've been in. It's just visual association. But Anna coming back and giving Cass definition of doubt was such a phenomenal, mm. phenomenal take and phenomenal touch. Cool. This is I like Ka- it. this is Anna's like mentor arc. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. adore it. I love that they bring her back in a mentor for Cass sort of role. Which, which just tells me that she's going to die. Like mentorship roles end in a tragic death, spiraling the next <laughs> person forward. So it's like, oh yeah, she already it's, died. It's, I don't see, I didn't her instantly as like a mentor, but more like like snapping Cass out of it. Just wake up mm. and, and see mm. things how they are. I think that's what a mentor does though. I think that's like. Yeah, but it's like more aggressive because she's oh, like yeah. always she's, so angry. And she's not so nice, like, super nice to him. <laughs> But, you know, also he's being kind of a dick this episode. So, yeah, <laughs> I will also like I think it's interesting that they bring her back for this episode because Cass and Dean have sort of been at odds for the past like four episodes. Like ever since Anna's last episode, things have not been like the first part of the season, like the first like eight episodes. They were there was like the antagonism of like they don't really know each other, but there was starting to be a little bit of like trust there. I think they were building. And then everything that happened with Anna like really shattered that trust. And I think they've been really like at odds with each other for a few episodes. And so now this is when that all kind of comes to a head in, you know. On the head of a pin. On on the head of a pin. <laughs> Such a good turn. Which is a, is a reference to mm. a theological kind of term. And it, uh, anyway, it was it was connected to the study of angelology. I don't know a lot about it. I'm just from just like my cursory learning about it. The full phrase is how many angels can dance on the head of a pin. So oh. we're thinking about like the metaphor about like, you know, 
what angels, why angels exist, what their powers are, who do they really serve? That's such a great double entendre though, as well, because like I always, every time I hear it, I always think, you know, the head of a pin, like there's torture that happens in this episode. So it's like, like pins and like, they say that like poking and prodding, like it's a really interesting, oh, I love it when Supernatural does that. Oh, I also really, I I didn't know about this, this kind of side of lore, but it's just, I mean, it just it really makes me love the show it. more. Yeah, it really does. Very, very interesting. I just, I wanted us to get into like the the cowardice angle because I think that's such a cool topic for this episode because, oh my goodness. So much of the angel's actions are driven by, one could argue, cowardice. Lack of bravery to make their own choices. Yeah. Well, Uriel even says later, like when he's trying to tempt Cass to join him, he's like, all you have to do is be unafraid. Mm -hmm. All you have to do to make a choice, to break out. And like he is presenting a rebellion, but so is Anna. And so is Dean. Style, yeah. yeah like they're they're all presenting where like Cass is being asked to choose between like multiple different rebellions or to continue on in obedience and like it does come down to like does he have the courage or will he stay you know obedient but safe at the same time I feel like Cass it's not that he's faking it but he knows in his heart that he is more driven already to side with Dean like he knows it but he just won't admit it he's like I'm doubting I I don't know what to do I'm just questioning myself so much but it's like dude you know what you want to do you just don't want to say it and which is obviously valid because he's an angel and he still has like he's still so used to uh obeying God and everything but I think that in this episode we see we see that he just really deeply he knows I want to side with Dean because he is the one I trust like I just want to I just trust him completely and it's not the same that he feels with Uriel because he's like okay I trust this dude but not that much because he's like shady but with Dean it's like 100% trust yeah which is crazy because he's known Uriel and Anna for millennia which is such an interesting thing like he recognizes I think that this relationship he has with Uriel is based on them both pledging allegiance to God and just following orders and he has been since Dean got thrown into his orbit he has been doubting that like he expressed that way back in episode seven he said to Dean like can I tell you something I've never told anyone before like he's been he's been starting to express doubt and then he has all these conversations with Anna in this episode about what does God if God exists what does God really want do you think God would want this do you think this could possibly be what God wants and Anna just kind of continually saying what you're feeling is doubt what you're feeling is good like the fact that you're considering disobedience is good and Cass is like this is the worst thing I've ever experienced I hate this <laughs> well but I cannot run away from it kind of on the flip side I'm curious how this is unfortunately Noah this is a thing I don't know that you'd really be able to answer but I don't think it's spoilery either I for me this feels like the episode where Cass realizes he's in love with Dean. Did anybody else get that energy from it? Or is that just me? I actually don't think that it, that's actually not where I think that this is the episode where Cass realizes that he doesn't believe in God. I think that's what's mm. happening. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a romantic. I think it's when he realizes his fate is tied to Dean's. Okay. That's a good, that's a nice angle. A good one, yeah. actually. I was just going to say, I was going to agree with Elena because of this specific line of, he says, emotions, doorway to doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because 
I just, I have not gone through it uh, like that, but I can imagine that it's something that a person who is um, questioning, for example, their sexuality could say, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's a doorway to doubt all of these emotions that I'm having for this person are just making me question myself so much. So probably he wasn't like, oh, I'm in love with him. And that's, he was so certain of it, but it definitely like it, it opened that door in this episode. Yeah. I think that's exactly it. Like and what really you're pointing out, Elena, like what you're picking up on, I think is that sense that, yeah, he's recognizing that like what's driving him to doubt is ultimately super tied to like the choices Dean has made and the challenges Dean has put mm. to him. And so he's realizing that something about Dean represents mm. something and <laughs> he want like something that he wants as much as he is terrified of it. And, you know, like he, what is it? He even like in this episode, he kind of goes back and forth and back and forth. Like he pushes and pushes back. Like he says to Anna, even after she's, he said, I'm considering disobedience. He then immediately after like two minutes later, he's like, please tell me what to do. And he asks her like twice to tell him what to do. And she's like, no, like it is time to think think for for yourself. Which is something Dean has been telling him from the jump. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Literally since he met him, it's like, you know what, do what you think is, is right. Yeah. He's being like, just because God, just because you think God told you or just because you think just because you know these are your orders doesn't mean it's right well and something that's interesting to point out is that anna does make the mention of like you know when he asks like tell me what to do she says like old times which leads us mm-hmm. to believe that it's there was a point where anna was his superior that he yes, answered she to says that in <sighs> their previous episode yeah, yeah. and so for it's kind of like how you can have like somebody that like, you know, somebody new come into your life and say something like give you a piece of advice, but it takes hearing it from somebody who knows you very well. Somebody Mm. you've known a long time hearing the exact same phrase, the exact same piece of advice, but hearing it from them is what can help sometimes make something click. I love that because that really honors like Cass and Anna's relationship because I think she's super like I really think sometimes I think it gets represented that like Dean is the only one or like the primary one that taught Cass about free will and I'm like Anna is crucial yeah importance is is just a detriment yeah Yeah. and just you know can I just ask how did you feel having Anna back this episode Mm, childhood awakening hard eyes (laughs) hard eyes I love her I just I think also this really rounds out her storyline of like oh yeah you know she is so pretty uh that's not why (laughs) (laughs) no but she's so powerful in this episode coming in at the end saying there may or may not be but there is still me Fuck. Yeah, like he is dabbing the bitch in the throat, like in the throat. Yeah, but I do what now that we're talking about Anna. What I do find, I mean, weird, but that's just who I am. Why was she like trying to hold Cass's hand? Because I mean, it's a little details. I think she cares about him. Yeah, I mean, I do. I do see that like she cares a lot about him, but the way that they frame it and the way that they. like shot it it's like what is the purpose of this because definitely the relationship between Cass and Anna has always been like as you said she has been superior to him and they're also siblings uh, 
yeah so it's it's a really weird way the way they frame it that's just something well, that i saw are you referring to like the physics like could the because she does the thing where she like puts her hand over his later on she yeah. like, like the physicality of like the way she connects yeah, with him exactly yeah. can i offer an interpretation of that mm-hmm. i think that was a moment in which they're kind of trying to illustrate that rebellion is a is a very human thing oh yes mm-hmm. like because yes. the angels wow. when you, you see them they don't really angels don't really touch each other they're kind of just like Robotic. they're very stiff they're just kind of standing there just like well, hi i'm an angel vessels are like by their even their definition vessels are just like a tool to be used exactly yeah. so they don't really have any kind of they don't have those physical sort of connections in the same way that humans do and so anna reaching out and touching his hand to me i thought it was a really beautiful choice of like she's trying to be like listen to like i'm trying to get you to understand something and there's that that physicality of like i'm i'm reassuring you I'm like putting my hand on yours to let you know that I'm here for you. Focus and on the passes. moment. Oh, that's really yeah. good. And she's like, you know, she's trying to snap him out. Like, like you said earlier, Ali, like she's trying to snap him out of. Yeah, probably, probably it's a way of saying like, I have been where you are right now. Yes. Yeah. Which I think is yeah, pretty totally really like her that. experience. Like she has had the experience of doubting and then falling. And so she is, I think, trying to pass that along to cast to be like, yes, it's terrifying, but this is a good thing, you know? But he has to choose feel. it for himself. She can't force him into it. He has to choose yeah. it. Yeah. Now that you said falling, I mean, when Cass says, I am nothing like you, you fail. And it's like, <laughs> dude, oh, you don't know the half of it because oh. it's just... That's one of those moments where you're like, you sweet summer child, you. And I love that they're giving us this like Anna Cass, these Anna Cass contrasts of like, she is someone who voluntarily chose to like cut out her grace and become human. And Cass is also falling from grace, but in an entirely different way in this season. He is falling from grace in these like tiny little choices he's making to rebel. Yeah, it's not like that instantaneous, like no, cutting out your throat and just, you know, it's, it's little moments literally not even like whole episodes just this right this specific moment that just makes him a fall this is a really weird segue but it's just something that while it's on my head on my mind i want to ask it how did y'all interpret the part when it's towards the end of the episode when sam is like really pissed at Cass and he's like you get in there like miracle now and Cass says that he can't fix dean is like is are his powers restricted or is it a moral thing like that part always kind of threw me and i'm curious if y'all had an interpretation it's of a that. really interesting question because usually when Cass says i cannot do this he specifies like my i mean i don't have my powers or whatever yeah he says why he says why but this time he doesn't probably i i want to be so ridiculous and go ahead and say that probably he cannot heal Dean in that moment because probably Cass thinks that Dean needs this this experience to probably mm. rebuild himself because Dean just does not believe in himself anymore by the end of the episode he says you know find someone else and probably Cass because of the fate thing again like because he knows what Dean is meant to do probably Cass says he has to go through this part to like rebuild himself again and to like I don't know to probably believe in himself again yeah. it's just something crazy that I that I'm thinking now I think that it was to not attract attention because um. if Cass is trying to side with Anna and wants to lean that direction then 
he needs to go along with whatever plan has been laid in motion and the plan is not said to heal Dean. So if he did, he would show that he's deviating from the plan. He's double, he's playing double agent. And so they might attract more attention to him. So maybe he's trying to play it cool for a little bit. I like that. I also think about the fact that I think what, like what Sam is identifying is that like Dean's not just like Dean's physically injured, but his like psychologically, like his psyche is sort of broken. And Cass is like, I can't fix that. Mm -hmm. Like Cass can Mm -hmm. fix a lot. Cass could, Cass could fit, go in and fix his physical body. Cass can't fix the mental damage that's been done by these events and i think i wonder if that's also what he's hearing is he's going like i can't do anything about that yeah Yeah, that's a really good point they did also you know just kill an angel so like (laughs) there's plenty of eyes on them like it's yeah got a lot going on they gotta cover their ass a little bit yeah an angel who has been recruiting people to basically like work on the side of lucifer to yeah. try and raise Lucifer, which like is a big freaking deal. Big deal. Like, oh, and this is the first time that we have angels that are defecting. Noah, I'm curious, uh, how, your reaction to finding out that Dean is the one okay, who yeah. broke the first seal. The f- Dean being the first seal. Oof, oof. That that could also be a reason why Cass is somewhat attracted to trusting. Dean right off the front is because he knows that Dean is the righteous man the like, mm. the righteous man who got broken but is still righteous so well and Cass says the you know even later at the end of the episode mm. Cass says it's not blame that falls on you Dean it's fate the righteous man who begins it is the only one who can finish it it's you know even yeah. after everything there is still something about Dean that is tied to the fate of the world mm-hmm. and mm. and Cass is like yeah you which is really interesting because so much of this episode is about like can you make your own choices what choices does god want you to make and can you make your own regardless and then Cass yeah. is, turns around and is like actually you know it was fate that led to that seal getting broken like this isn't yeah. on you dean which i mean considering the circumstances they keep what else back and forth. fate yeah. free will pick one destiny yeah. you have no choice you have a choice come on these are the these are the deep questions that supernatural wrestles with so very well over the course of its its existence but i i also want to call attention to the line which i think of all of the depressing things that happen this episode probably the most gut-wrenching for me to listen to is you know for what it's worth i would give anything not to have you do this like <laughs> sweet anything <laughs> like you said anything anything Cass anything <laughs> I mean and, and it's not just that specific line that breaks me it's just in the whole episode the fact that Dean is constantly asking Cass mm-hmm. Cass please don't let me yes. do this Cass mm-hmm. you know that I cannot do this and he's like constantly asking Cass and Cass hates every second of it and again the trust that they have built but also something that I I mean, now that I have watched the whole show and going back to this, it's just how they parallel Dean and Cass as, you know, they have always known they were rebellious or they have always uh, been different from their parent, you know, <laughs> in a way. Those were air quotes, sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> well, I mean, Dean has that whole line at the end where he's like, I'm not the guy either of our parents, either of our dads wanted us to be. He says <sighs> that line because it, by this time, Dean still has a very, very low opinion of himself. And he still lives by what he thinks John wanted for him. 
And mm-hmm. so that's very like those feelings are still very rooted in Dean. Yeah. And same in Cass, he still has what does God want from me? And I want to do what is uh, what God asks me to do. And then both of them, I mean, their journeys are so different, but but so similar at the same time, because mm-hmm. they just needed something or someone to just tell them, you know what, you don't have to be this person anymore. You can be whoever you want to be, which I mean, they are that person for each other, but at the same time, Dean just eventually becomes the man that he wants to be on his own. And it's it takes him a while, but <laughs> both of them have very similar journeys. And I just love that they parallel that. And it's very, to me, it's very obvious in this episode. In this episode, yeah. It's fascinating that Dean is so set that he is not the man that his dad wanted him to be (laughs) and yet he is following up in his dad's footsteps by john being the one who was supposed to bring about the apocalypse but now it's his son dean okay okay yeah oh so i have a i have a i have an opinion on that actually i think bring it Alistair is lying out of his ass. I don't think John was ever the righteous man. Actually, see, that's you know what, what that was my next thing. Is that how is this man going to be the righteous? Okay. I do not think he is. I think that Come is on. that is entirely because Alistair is messing with that. Dean. Is yeah, that's definitely yeah, a lie. That's entirely a torture tactic. Like I think there's we have no we have, we have no evidence in the show aside from demons saying this. We have no evidence that that's true. Like, yeah, I mean that's totally a lie. And something that I also read someplace else is that how the hell do they pretend us to believe that John <laughs> lasted longer than Dean? Like, yeah, what? What's John going to hold up for? Like, John, yeah. John lasted like tops 10 years. I mean, I'm sorry, but if John was offered that, that bitch lasted 10 years, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, it's not possible that he lasted longer than Dean. No, no well, way. Something, this is a, a little bit of a segue back to something that we were just talking about with like kind of how Dean sees himself. The fact that our episode theme is cowardice. Hmm. I feel like Dean thinks that he's a coward. Mm. And yes, that is absolutely. something that really breaks me in watching this because it's like, Dean has no idea how strong he is for like everything that he's been through. And like, you know, that line that Cass says to him about, you know, this isn't your fault and everything. But I think that Dean very much the, to see him go from like, I'm in torture mode to the finding out he was the one who broke this seal. Just Jensen deserved four Emmys for that scene mm. alone in the progression of Don't his face. Don't get me started on his faces. Like he just, the way that he breaks and then he gets mad again and he breaks again and it just yeah. switches back and forth. Mm. Yeah. And this, it's why I love that this was a topic for this episode because it's just Dean always thinking that he is a coward when he is not and thinking that his father was so brave. It's just that Dean has so many mixed feelings about his father all the time. Some of the times he has, he's got him on a pedestal and he's like, John was, you know, the perfect father. He took care of us, whatever. But other times he also goes and says he didn't do a good job taking care of us. And so Dean just never knows what John truly wanted from him. And so that's what leads Dean to never know who he really is. But at the same time, he always knows what's the right thing to do. And it's just all this messed up situation that that he has uh, created for himself because he never knows what John actually wanted from him. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like Dean thinks he's a coward because like free will is so ingrained in him as is this value. And so he thinks that any choice that he's ever made and, and specifically the choice that he made like when he was given the offer in hell that 
because he chose it, that he is 100% responsible for this choice that there, that he could have held out, that if his free will had been stronger, he that would he have- was stronger. He was stronger if he was, if he was braver, if he wasn't a coward. Like, I think so tied to how much he values free will. Um, and, you know, the, the fact is that Cass points out like this, you know, this was fate. Like this was, there was a, there were cosmic forces that were pressuring towards this end. And that's not to say that Dean's choices don't matter because they absolutely do. They shift the course of this episode. They've shifted things before. They will shift things again. But there's this like interplay of like these powerful beings imposing fate and these mm. like mostly human characters like pushing back against it. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting in this episode to see like how much Dean's agency is taken away. And like we've been seeing that mm. in the last few episodes. Like last episode, we saw that a whole time. Like Dean's agency, like Sam's agency is growing this season and Dean's agency is like slipping away. And and how interesting that in the the growing agency is portrayed as like going down a dark path and Dean who's you know this character that's like losing that faith he's seen as the character like that losing of faith is the thing that's keeping him in the light in a weird way yeah well and 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 yeah like Sam's agency is has this dark underbelly and this like danger to it but also like at the same time Sam is also Sam has the appearance of agency in so many ways he's also trapped by the fact that he doesn't feel like there's any other options he's got like the people that are willing the only people willing to work with him are demons because the angels are like yeah the second you stop being useful we will kill you like mm. sam is like dean can't do these things anymore he needs help like i can i'm the only one who can do it. and the only one that will work with me is ruby the only one that will work with me is a demon and so like sam is mm. like you know he's got he's he's feeling like he has agency but it's all coming at this like terrible cost of this like addiction that's starting to i also i mean this episode is very centered on Dean and Cass, for instance. But with Sam, I mean, this is a very, you know, important episode for Sam because he also has a very, very low opinion of himself by this point. Very deep down, he just thinks that the only way that he can get things done or that he can help is by drinking demon blood. So he also thinks of himself as someone that is not brave enough unless he has, you know, that extra juice. And I mean, it's just so annoying when both of them are like, but I'm not good enough. And then, but you are good enough. And then the other is like, I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough. And it's just so, you know, back and forth. No, like Sam seeking redemption and he's seeking it, but he's also like, doesn't have any way towards it other than by sacrificing his own humanity. Something about like Sam's motives is that he, in a very twisted way, he's like, he's still at his core, Sam Winchester, and Sam Winchester is always going to do whatever he can to help his brother. And like, mm-hmm. even though he's going through this very, very dark arc at the moment, like the reason that he wants to take on Alistair is because he's like, Dean can't do it. And on the surface, that comes off as very like, oh, I'm, this is my bravado. I'm stronger than my brother, yada, yada. But I think what doesn't really get addressed too much in the episode is that at his core, Sam is kind of doing this out of concern for Dean because he sees he sees underneath that bravado that Dean is always putting forth. He knows just how broken Dean is. And even though he's choosing to execute it in a way where it seems like he's like belittling Dean, I think the real reason behind that is, is that love for Dean and that concern for him. And that's the part that makes 
like this arc that we're seeing over the course of season four up to this point, like this deterioration of their brotherhood, what makes it so gut-wrenching is because at the end of the day, they both are still doing it out of care yeah. for each other. Yeah. They're just doing it. They're they're making dumb choices for good reasons. Yes. <laughs> and it's so- <laughs> The plot of Supernatural. And it's <laughs> just an entire plot. Yeah. And it's but just really hard to watch. Yeah, well, there's that there's the quote early in the episode where like Sam Dean says, like, I'm just getting tired. And Sam says, Well, get angry. And like that's I think so indicative of what the path both of them are on is like Dean mm-hmm. is getting more and more disillusioned and tired, and his trauma is catching up to him. And Sam's just getting angrier as a way of dealing with his own trauma. Um yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's and and this shifts a lot, which is what what I was commenting there, like all intrusive in the uh notes, there is eventually an episode where where he goes and says well uh get pissed is something that dean says but now sam is too tired and so it's just one of them has to always be stronger than the other emotionally physically whatever but in this episode it's like both of them are just you know they're just so lost and they don't know what to do and sam always is obviously desperate in this in this episode noah is there anything else like you picked up on this episode or you no not not in particular i mean i just this is the ex-religious kid in me but like this episode is so good for the Mm. like religious stuff Oh yeah. Gotten into it a bit, but just like, there's so many lines, like the father you love, you think he wants this. You think he'd ask this of you. You think this is righteous. And then later on that goes like, you can't win. I still serve God. You haven't even met the man. Like chills from like the, just the line in this episode. Powerful. The one that really gets me is when, uh, when Alistair is like quoting like this, you know, it, it feels like a prophecy of, you know, and like the righteous man who, you know, sheds blood in hell like I literally was sitting there like I was under my blanket like watching it on my phone and I was like quoting it along with him because it's just so big epic yeah the, the whole book of revelations is is prophecy right so it's it's yeah. somebody in the then predicts how this is all gonna go and supposedly the will of God and whatnot so he is he is reciting some age-old prophecy type stuff but we're living it now yeah it's such it's oh we in it it's good. Really it's good stuff. Now. now, I was just going to say real quick that this show is really, I mean, it's apt for everyone in the sense that, I mean, I was, I'm also like a former religious person, but uh, my aunt, I always remember this because she's always like, but that show is really blasphemy. And then <laughs> five minutes later, she's sitting down, like invested in it. And it's like <laughs> every religious person who is in like, Supernatural started that you way. You were saying? Listen, <laughs> she, you... she loves Cass, by the way. She's like, mm. but Cass is like the main character of the show, right? So yeah. it's I just mean, true. I love yeah. how this show is for everyone, like non-religious, former religious and religious people, like <laughs> Yeah. There's something for all of us. Well, on that note, this seems like a beautiful time to transition into our going meta section where we are tracking lore, representation, behind the scenes trivia, and more. First up, let's start with our rep check. I will, okay, let's start with a good note for today. I found yet another reference for trans dean supremacy. Thank you. I'm glad I'm not the only one that picked that one up. Yep. Okay, wait. I don't, I, I missed this one. Please. Alistair is trying me. to. He's trying to bully Dean and trying to make him feel belittled. 
And he says, daddy's little girl, he broke. And then later on says, um, you're not the man your father wished you would be. Mm-hmm. And then that comes up again at the end of the episode. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh. I love it. It's a it's great like. Adding another tally to the score for Transteen. Loving it. Also, it's this is just because I, I love this. Uh, I mean, the, the Transteen headcanon is that what you call it uh i haven't blood theory that much it's real it's real <laughs> but yeah i mean yeah but i just love that everything that dean gets you know called you know a girl or whatever he just it just doesn't you know register it's like back. yeah so what and yeah and he also it says a line in this episode that it's like um is when he starts torturing alistair and then he says i just didn't want to ruin my shoes because dean is like a germaphobe and he's like a perfectionist <laughs> it's, and he, it's always like super clean and super you know like well his hair is always like well done That's and everything true and he says i just didn't want to ruin my shoes it's like so you know it's a very uh, Dean thing to be careful of, you know, his appearance and his his looks and his clothes and whatever. So I also, just love that how both of these things combine in this episode. It was really <laughs> nice. I, I do need y'all to allow me just one moment to be extra feral. But like Dean's whole demeanor in that that sequence is very much reminds me of the the gif from Saturday Night Live where the guy just goes, well, mark me down as scared and horny. Like just <laughs> like just <laughs> Dean, what are Dean? Dean, what are you? (laughs) It's 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 a very big daddy sorry moment kind of moment. (laughs) It's just really upsetting. That's enough of that for me. And I just that as Noah says, it's very powerful. Very powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Powerful, powerful. On less funny, on less funny notes. Yeah, um, I do. We have another iteration of the junkless joke. You know, just not necessary or enjoyable. The more and more he says that, I think it's more and more him just wanting to see what's like he just wants past to prove him what's wrong. What's going on? You know, I mean, like, yeah. Come on <laughs> over, change my mind. <clears throat> literally, this, right? <laughs> literally, that's the only on. reason that I got my shirt off. Come on, that. baby, let's go. I'll help you out. Yeah. <laughs> I love how truly off the rails we've gone for today's going meta section. This is excellent um, content. Can I just here. add one more thing for this? Always. Yes. Now, I mean, was Uriel so crushed on Lucifer or what? Like this dude was like. I mean, that was my he was vibe. So I don't know. I'm so bad at this. But he was it's like, true. and he was even looking up. It was like, he was so beautiful. And then the human. Well, I mean, that's pretty classic, like, you know, religious very symbolism. Like, but Lucifer, Lucifer was, was the most beautiful, beautiful glorious of all the angel. Yeah. He's very, like, attractive. Uriel's you know, the funniest. Like, Lucifer's the prettiest. The prettiest. Yeah. Cass is and most Cass, likely to succeed. The way that he said it, I was just like, does he have a crush on Lucifer? Like, I'm Cass is I'm the biggest simp. <laughs> uh, what did you say? Noah, Cass is the most likely to succeed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's too I heard you soon. say it under your breath and I was like, we need to make sure that <laughs> the recording. It has to be there. So get this, I was looking into the lore. We've kind of already talked about the, the seals, the was John really a righteous man? Is there no. any other 
lore in this episode specifically? The really fancy devil's trap, yeah. I think, goes in the lost cannon jar. Because yeah, that heavily. never really comes up again. But it's like such a, it's like, I feel like it's one of those things that's just a very like iconic supernatural contraption. But like we never get to see it again, which is a bummer. Yeah, the angels seem to have it. Like the angels are the ones that bring it in. But then, yeah, they never. Cass says he made it. Like he, he made it, it and it's old Enochian. Do they just leave it there? Some poor person who like. <laughs> Like rents this warehouse after them, just walks in and like it just walks right back this out. Horrific sight. Yeah, it's just like actually no, I don't want it. I'm not buying it. You know what? I do. I do have a question. But it's I don't know if it's about lore, but I forgot to say it before. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> it's like at the beginning of the episode where Cass goes and sees the the dead angel. And he looks at the chest and it's like, okay, he he checks it out and everything. Does he know or not know that this is an angel blade injury? Because that's the whole point of this yeah. episode. It's mm. like they are it trying is... to find out who is killing the angels. But technically, Cass should know what an angel blade stab looked like. Because that is very it's the shape true. of it. But then <laughs> Cass is like, we don't know who's killing the angels. We think it must be and the demons. It must be the demons. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, but it's his shape. And it's very, very, you know, characteristic of an angel blade. And Cass owns an angel blade. So that wasn't really... Well, but is that the only type of weapon that could pierce in that shape? I feel like there's plenty of different weapons. That, well, not ones that could take down angels. Fair. That's... But yeah, I mean... That's it seems exactly weird that he wouldn't point. have considered... That it could yeah. be learned. But again, maybe that's also maybe that was the start of the doubt in this episode. Yeah, maybe that yeah, because maybe that's going back to the idea that like angels are trained specifically not to question. Anna even says like questioning and doubting was like the one thing they weren't allowed to yeah. do. So he would never have considered that angels could be behind this. Or he probably wanted to just like double check, literally, like go ahead and torture a demon and see what <sighs> they can find. And if they find out that the demon was lying, then okay. It was a demon who killed them. But it was so interesting to me to mm -hmm. see that Cass just saw it and he was like, what is this? And he just shut up about it. I like the interpretation that he does know exactly what it is. And it's actually not. It's actually just that he isn't willing to question or isn't ready to question it yet. Mm, like that. Yeah, that's that a, good a layer. That's a layer to like his development in this episode. Yeah, it's really nice. I wish that we had a little scorecard and they kept us updated on you know how many seals are broken currently. Yeah, that would be <laughs> nice. I think we're at. I don't actually know how many we're at at this point. It's been a while since they've mentioned. We're Maybe at a number there of has, them. There have been losing. a. They mentioned something in the episode of uh, where Pamela dies that they say like there have been like I don't know a lot I mean the number suddenly rose like dramatically mm. from before to that episode where Pamela dies. I'm yeah. kicking myself because I just rewatched it, but I don't remember that line. I, I don't I don't remember that either. Okay, so in Chris Angel's a douchebag, which was a few episodes ago, <laughs> uh, Ruby mentions that Lilith has broken 34 seals. So Ooh, we're looking huh. at this being at least 35, if not more. Mm -hmm. That was a couple of episodes ago. So we're looking at at least like 35 seals at this point, more than more half, than half has been broken. Wow. Well, wait, yeah, it was the really seal dramatic. doesn't actually get broken this episode, does oh, it? Oh, no, that's true. You're right. That's true. Yeah. They just, we just talk about the first one. In Death Takes a Holiday. That is a seal. They no, are, they, they avoid it as well. Although they avoid it as well. So yeah. So yeah, avoid that 30, seal. So 35, 34 seals is. But a, we get confirmation different. that Dean was number one. And that's what's important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what's important for all of the, you know, of, all of the trigger that Dean has to endure. 
Speaking of traumas and enduring them, let's pick a few people from this episode and call them out for the traumas that they've endured and how (laughs) well they are enduring them. It's our blessing segment, our favorite part, honestly. Who would like to go first? Allie, since you're our guest, we'll let you go first. Okay. I was uh, trying to pick because I think that all the characters have a really important, you know, arc in this episode. But I just have to bless Cass because, you know, he has all of this questioning and doubt, just does not know what to do with his life anymore. So, um, and, you know, as as we were talking before, it's like one of the first times that Cass probably realizes that he's in love with Dean or that he's developing feelings for him. So I just have to go with Cass. I love that. Yeah, for sure. Who wants to go next? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to bless Dean because he has gone through hell so much. Literally and (laughs) metaphorically millions of times and having getting to finally get to the moment that he's dreamed of when he was in hell and getting to it's a little bit of revenge on his tormentor is a a lot to deal with. And whether or not he's truly happy with that is something he's got to get figure out. And I don't don't wish that journey on many people. So proud of him. Not many people. (laughs) Any people. Any people. There's a yeah, there's a couple just, people that I wouldn't mind well, having. Yeah, that, that I wouldn't mind having. <laughs> Would no, not very specific. <laughs> I just have to say that now that you're blessing Dean, we also have to bless him for his voice dropping like 10 to- 10 octaves just for that specific scene with Alistair. It's <laughs> true. Like, I did I did notice that. Jensen, like I pro- he probably couldn't talk for like the rest of the day with that voice and in, in the Alistair torture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, just reminds me of the fact that Jensen dropped it, like lowered his voice because he was like, "Well, Dean wants to sound like his dad, like back in season one." And so he got oh, stuck. Ruins with, me. Which, he like, ruins you me. Made, you made that choice, um, honey. Uh, we all benefit, but you did make that choice. <laughs> I'm gonna also bless Cass today. Um, I am obsessed with this process of like him losing one kind of faith and finding a different kind I think I don't know I think I resonate with some of that experience personally of being so devoted to something and then having it kind of let you down and having to kind of renegotiate what do you believe and what do you have faith in and I think that's really compelling and I want to bless Cass for being in the middle of that sort of faith experience in this episode nice damn damn nicely done Um, I was going to bless Dean as well, um, and I still do, because, oh, sweet baby boy, like we said at the beginning of the episode, I I just... I just want to, I want to give him a hug that lasts for every day that he was in hell. But my blessing this week is going to be for Anna because what, what a legend to like invent free will. That's my girl. And just like reinvent it. You know, there's people are always saying that phrase, like, you know, like she could step on my throat and I would thank her. Like she could stab me in the throat and I would thank her. (laughs) And I just think that it, it, it was so funny going into the season because Abigail just kept mentioning like, oh my God, Anna, 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 Anna. And I was like, am I going to become a simp for Anna? And I, I think I did. I think, oh, I think I, your I've mission been is accomplished. Successful. I've been um, successful. I, I think I've been underappreciating her for too long <laughs> because 
a lot I think of the we things all do at some point. Yeah. I think a lot of, I, there are things that I had always attributed to Cass that I'm realizing are really like Anna was the one that was fueling a lot of that. And that was encouraging that rebellion in him. And so, yeah, I think that she, you know, she, she had to like die and, you know, then go through the trouble of getting her old meat suit back. And I, I just think she's been through it and she's a legend. So I'm going to bless Anna. Blessings, blessings. Good blessing. Good blessing. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode. You can make sure you are subscribed to Saving People Creating Things wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you haven't already, share our show with someone else you know who likes Supernatural or someone who doesn't like Supernatural. Make them like Supernatural. Convert them. I have actually um, the friend that converted me and me and I are converting someone else now. So hey. I have Good. a friend the cycle that continues. is. Yeah. So it's don't like worry. I'm doing. I'm doing my my bit, the Lord's my, work. The Lord's work. I'm doing my work. <laughs> you can find links to all of our social media, and you can join our Discord server through our website, QueeringThingsPodcast.com. Allie, thank you so much for coming on this episode. Is there yes, anywhere that people you. can find you or your work on the internet? Well, uh, I'm on Twitter as State of Loving Ed. I am also on Tumblr under the same name. Perfect. And yeah, I think that that's it for now because you I'm have a book coming to... out very soon. I do have a book coming out. Didn't want to say it, but I think you do. Well, I mean, heard you say it. Self promote. <laughs> yeah, it's coming out on November 19th, first uh, date. But I, so it will be out when this. It's going to be out. out. That's right around the corner. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Love it. So it's right around the corner and you will find it on Amazon as well. Dang, dang. Go buy it now. Yeah. We will have links to all of that, all of Ali's stuff in the episode description. And if you are all caught up on Supernatural and want to go back to before the beginning, Abigail, as well as our friends, Beth and KJ, and, and sometimes me. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes Elena. I'm like, I'm like the Y in the vowels. Um, <laughs> that is the thing that I heard in my head when, when I heard it. <laughs> and sometimes Elena. Uh, but they're watching their way through the Winchesters and that podcast is over on Twitter where they're at Wayward Parents and on Tumblr at Wayward Parents Pod. Go go follow them and witness Abigail's return to Tumblr era because it's magnificent. <laughs> Be sure to ride along with us next week as we discover episode 17 It's a Terrible Life through the theme of grudges. Thank you all for coming along for the ride and we wish you a peaceful road until we meet again. But we all know that there will never be supernatural. <laughs> Ended our whole careers. I just had to. I'm sorry. Yes. Just You're, not You're not wrong. You're not wrong.